Do you consider yourself a high achiever? Smart, driven, highly successful? I am so excited to have you. My name is Julia Arndt and I'm the host of the Stress Podcast. I will help you develop your stress resilience the same way you've developed your workplace superpowers. Learn peak performance tools to thrive at work and in your personal life. Let's get started. I am really, really excited to have my very first Lake Tahoe podcast guest on the podcast. Oh, wow. I'm so privileged. <laughs> and I'm really happy because you're sitting outside and everybody can see the beautiful trees that we have in Tahoe if they're watching the YouTube. Okay. Video. Yeah. Well, yeah. thank you for having me. Yeah. How are you feeling today? Um, you know, I'm good today. It's a beautiful day. It's nice. It's um, warm and yeah, yeah, warm days make for a great evening. So yeah, yeah, that's true. Did you work a little bit this morning? I did, and yeah, so I just finished up, and then um, I'll work again after this. But yes, okay, very nice. Well, yeah. we're really excited to have you today. Um, as I mentioned to you before, I received a lot of questions about my backstory. Um, so mm -hmm. I said I might as well just ask Marty to come and have her speak on the podcast. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. I'm excited. <laughs> a little bit nervous. <laughs> no, don't be nervous. It's going to be great. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. So um, how did you get into a physical therapy? And yeah, okay. just tell us. Well, I'm actually from um, Tahoe City, and I went to school down at UC Davis thinking I was going to be an attorney, and I was studying political science, but um, I didn't like political science. I didn't do very well. So I went to the Career Center, and I started taking internships. And I did one in physical therapy. And I actually ended up working there for three years. Um, so, and then after I graduated from UC Davis, I decided to apply to physical therapy school. Mm -hmm. And I got in at USC. Okay. So, yeah, and that's how I started my journey of being a PT. Okay, so from a, trying to be a lawyer to becoming a PT, very yep. different. Yeah, very different. <laughs> <laughs> so everything is possible, right? In, in all directions. And um, how long have you been practicing now? You know, I've been practicing. Um, I need a gold watch because I'm over like almost 27 years. Wow. Isn't that crazy? That yeah. Crazy. Time flies by. Yeah. And so we met for the very first time in, I think, December 2019 when yeah. I had some really bad back pain um, mm -hmm. and you were really able to help me and um, I told already people a little bit about you know that you found something very different in my body that I didn't mm -hmm. even think <laughs> <laughs> was there first of all I guess and then second of all was related to my back pain um, which was the psoas muscle mm -hmm. um, can you tell us a little bit more about the psoas muscle yeah um, the psoas muscle to me is probably one of the more important muscles to focus on um, when somebody has back pain, because it's a lumbar spine stabilizer and it's also a hip flexor. And people always, they always think when they have back pain, it's coming from their back, but really you need to always look at the front and it crosses the hip. Um, it actually is two muscles. It's the psoas and then the iliopsoas. And a lot of pe people sit. And so sitting is a prolonged activity on the psoas. Mm -hmm. And you don't really have pain in your psoas, but the psoas attaches onto the vertebrae and onto the disc around um in your back and so if it gets tight in a shortened position it pulls on those vertebrae mm -hmm. um and my streets is never this noisy <laughs> we can actually not hear it i can okay. see that there's a lot of streets that are going 
a lot of streets, a lot of cars that are going by in the background, but the audio is perfect. Oh, good. Oh, good. Oh, good. I was like, oh my God. But yeah, so the SOAS is, um, to get back to that, yeah. it, um, it, it's either weak or um, it's too tight. Mm -hmm. But yeah, um, and it, it also dries up as we age, the tissue, the fascia around it. So it, it kind of is like a shrink wrap. So you got to deform it and you got to sometimes activate it in mm -hmm. people. Yeah. And that was really interesting for me because I thought for the longest time I have some problems with my disc because my mom mm -hmm. had a slip disc when she was in her mid 30s. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I remembered as it was yesterday because I had a lot of pain um, in my back when I came to see you for the first time and you were looking at how my knees were functioning and reacting. Mm -hmm. And you said to me, oh, look at this, your right knee is not really reacting at all. <laughs> and I'm like, that's really weird. I don't know why it's doing that. My back pain is on my left lower back. And then you released my psoas, which was mm -hmm. incredibly... Um, painful. painful. <laughs> <laughs> um, if people have ever had their psoas released, um, they know that it's a very painful mm -hmm. thing, but then it really helped with everything. I felt mm -hmm. so much better. Now I have a big truck here too. Oh, good. <laughs> and um, so, you know, I think some people that actually um, heard my story said to me, oh, I wish I would have your PT in my town. She's, and they would mm -hmm. be like, what can I do if I have a really tight psoas or if I'm thinking I'm actually sitting a lot and I have back pain. So maybe mm -hmm. it's not my back, it's my psoas now that I'm listening to this podcast. So what can people do to release that? Oh, to release it. So the first of all, um, the psoas doesn't stretch. Mm -hmm. um, there was a gentleman who did a bunch of studies and he put EMGs on the psoas and the typical stretch that everybody does is the half kneeling with the arm up. Mm -hmm. um, well, it doesn't gain any length. So you can actually um, go inside, you can find your belly button and about a 45 degree angle, put your hand into your stomach and then lift up your knee nice and slowly. And if you feel a contraction underneath your fingertips, you know you're on the psoas. Mm -hmm. So you can hold that there and then bend and straighten your leg. Mm -hmm. um, but also there's other things you can do at home to help so it doesn't become shortened by either um, when you're sitting, because a lot of us sit, mm -hmm. you want to maybe put a towel roll underneath your butt, take a beach towel, roll it up. So mm -hmm. it's about two inches high and two inches wide and put it right underneath your sit bones so that your hips are higher than your knees. Um, you want to avoid sitting straight legged in a recliner you want your knees bent up in the recliner um, to kind of take the pressure off the psoas so they're more in a passive position. Um, and then I also recommend people to put heat on their belly and put a heating pad just to promote blood flow in that area so it softens up um, and kind of helps relax that tissue in that area. Mm -hmm. um, and then I, I tell people not to do crunches or mm -hmm. any type of V-ups because most people use their psoas they don't use their abs. Um, mm -hmm. So uh, planks are a great exercise, lunges, anything that's functional. Um, you'll still have, you'll build your core, but you won't, um, you know, injure your psoas or tighten it more so. Yeah. Yeah. And those are all things that you told mm -hmm. me that I've definitely been integrating. And one tip for people that are maybe now laying down on the floor and they're trying to put their finger into their psoas. <laughs> Yeah, like I don't feel it or maybe it doesn't feel very strong. Um, I actually have somebody else do it for me because I feel like when we are laying down and we're trying to uh, mm -hmm. release the psoas, it's, it's really hard to kind of really get into it because it's a really deep muscle. Um, mm -hmm. so, 
you know, ask somebody that you trust um, to do that <laughs> movement for you to hold that hand um, or those fingers into your yeah. psoas muscle. Um, I've also been trying some tools that um, Marty is probably not recommending live publicly. <laughs> <laughs> There's obviously like tools like a Terra cane or something that you could mm -hmm. try and use in order to release that as well. But yeah, it's definitely been really incredible for me mm -hmm. because I feel like once you pointed out that my psoas was tight, now I feel like it's tight all the time because mm -hmm. now I'm obviously paying a lot more attention to that muscle group in my body. Mm -hmm. um, but it's been an interesting journey and I'm obviously... Um, feeling so much better now um, after being more aware of it, focusing on strengthening the right muscles, right? Because I think mm -hmm. one of the things that's really important to say as well is, is that the muscle actually, um, like we oftentimes use the psoas because our other muscles are not strong enough or not firing the, in the right that way. That's correct. Yeah. So if your rectus abdominis or your transverse muscles aren't working or your glutes are, um, not that they're weak, but they could be inhibited the psoas always kicks in to save you. And so it just, it gets tighter and tighter or, and then it gets weaker as it gets tighter. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah. Super interesting. Yeah. And um, I think one of the biggest things for me that was really eye opening as well. And something that I always think of you now, Marty, when, when I have some back pain, because sometimes it still happens mm -hmm. is that I'm actually going outside to move instead of not moving because I think at mm -hmm. the beginning when I started to have all of these issues my first protective mechanism response was not to move and to just mm -hmm. you know kind of lay down or try to stretch or do something um, that kind of protects that area the back area obviously mm -hmm. um, and now you've said to me um, movement is life and you need to move your body and um, get, mm -hmm. get outside and I feel like every time I actually do it I am bringing more blood flow into my ho just whole system because mm -hmm. I sit a lot during the day as well. And that's actually helping a lot. So, okay. Yeah. I yeah so you want to keep moving, keep walking, keep walking, um, walking. Keep walking. Nice. <laughs> it's not about just going to the gym and lifting heavy weights. It's about the simple movement. Yep. It's about the simple movement because walking brings back the natural rotation of your pelvis and it helps loosen up that psoas in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, so, Great. Yeah. And um, so since we're talking about the psoas and obviously more like the physical, um, physical strength, but also physical weaknesses, uh -huh. what, how are like the mental and physical health aligned for you? How are they connected? Oh, you know, um, they're actually, they're, they're the same. They're one. So most, if you have a lot of stress in your life and um, that stress is going to go to your area of injury or your weakest area in your body, Mm -hmm. So you always, like when people, when my patients come in, I always, I try to help them to manage their stress. Cause if they can't manage their stress, I'm not going to be able to, they're not going to get better. Mm -hmm. um, so yes, yeah, stress and mental health are the same. So I always, um, I teach people how to exhale and maybe give them some cues on um, managing their stress so that it doesn't go to their area of weakness mm -hmm. or their area of injury. Um, if that makes sense. Well, give us an example. What does it mean to give them some cues? Um, some cues. So like, so like, say if you're having a really bad day at work and you know, you're, you're, you have the, your anxiety and your sympathetic nervous system is getting, um, is increasing. You know, I'll tell people right when you start to feel that tension in your body and you start to have some back pain, just do some like breathing and exhale and blow all that um, tension out of you. 
so that you can start to um, relax. And that by exhaling, you, um, your sympathetics are decreased and your parasympathetic um, system turns back up. And so then that area, like, so for instance, your psoas won't tighten up more. Mm -hmm. um, so or I'll say go for a walk because walking and um, being outside in nature usually calms people's nervous systems down and their stress level. Mm -hmm. um, and then it helps, then the walking is not only helping your mental, but it's also helping your physical. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Do you feel like you are a little bit of a, a therapist as well as a PT? Not just I do. physical therapist, but also. A <laughs> I do. I do. It's, yeah. Because when you come in um, to see me, I mean, it's not, yeah, you may have back pain, but there's other things going on that could be causing that back pain, not just the physical. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I think part of it, I, there is some mental therapy. Mm -hmm. um, and I also treat when you're better, your whole family's better. Mm -hmm. So I also, by treating you, I'm also treating your whole family um, then. And what if I'm thinking actually also about a friend that told me that she has a lot of psoas tightness and stuff like that, but she's moving a lot, actually. She's a nurse. Uh -huh. um, so she's walking around and moving around a lot. And she's also, she has a very active lifestyle. Uh -huh. um, how is that then related with this, with a tight psoas? Is that then more like functionality maybe, or how, how can they take care of? Um, so if, like nurses actually have a very stressful career. Mm -hmm. So, um, I would have her, you know, I'd say, you know, exhale and maybe just walk with more of the purpose of walking, even though she's on her feet all the time walking, mm. that's different than going out for a walk. Because mm -hmm. when you go out for a walk, you swing your arms, you have the reciprocal gait. But when she's working, she probably always has something in her hand, a clipboard, um, an IV pole. Um, she's kind of bending and twisting and that psoas is kind of shortening because she probably likes to lean to one side when she either gives somebody an IV or um, gives them an injection. So I would probably have her work on maybe seeing if she does that, if she likes, if she favors one side and to start to use the other side mm -hmm. so that she could be more balanced instead of always having that rotation. Because that probably during the first part of her shift, she's ready, she's strong. And then as you fatigue, as your work day goes on, she probably just kind of, she uses more of the psoas, you, she uses the psoas instead of the um, core muscles. Um, like when she goes to help a patient move or as yeah. I'm moving in my chair, <laughs> simulating what the nurse does. <laughs> yeah, no, that's really interesting. That totally makes yeah. sense. And I think everybody can relate to that as well, right? I'm even like, now that I'm standing at my, my standing desk, I, you know, I'm like favoring uh -huh. the others and I'm trying to move, of course, but I think that's the problem, the biggest problem, right? No matter if we are having a standing desk or a sitting desk, it's that we have to still switch it up every i think they say every 45 minutes or an hour at least every 45 minutes at least every hour switch it up because you can even if you you can have the most expensive ergonomical desk setup but if you stay there for a prolonged period of time you're still going to cheat you can still compensate and kind of fatigue um from what i've seen in my um, line of work yeah and with the nurse back to her really quick yeah. um she needs to maybe stand more of a, in a staggered stance Mm -hmm. with her knee slightly bent so one leg in front of the other um instead of like dropping a hip um so because by dropping that hip you tighten one one side of your one so as and the other side stops working mm -hmm. yeah so it's always a dysfunction basically in our body yeah mm -hmm. and pre like preferring one side over the other side yeah and i was just looking at my questions here um one of the things that I want to talk with you about as well is that, you know, a lot of people and 
especially the audience that I'm addressing uh -huh. is currently working from home. So mm -hmm. they do not have their regular setup um, that they, they might not have their ergonomical setup, especially, right? Yes. And because in the office, their company might already pay more closer attention to uh -huh. What can we kind of summarize again, what you would recommend to people that feel stiff or feel lower back pain um, when they are working from home all day long? Um, well, I would recommend, like, so if you are sitting to try to get up from your desk or your work position every hour at least, um, I, I really believe that people should stretch their um, piriformis. And pigeon and yoga does not stretch your piriformis, it stretches your glutes. So a way to stretch your piriformis would be to lay supine, which is on your back, mm -hmm. and you bring one leg up, the other leg is straight out, and with your leg up, you... Um, you pull your um, lower leg into your chest as you push your knee out. So a lot of people call it the figure four, but the, instead of the figure four, the leg is straight. So your knee, um, so this is your foot and this is your knee. So I bring the whole lower leg in as I push my knee out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, does that make sense? It makes sense. I'm trying to think maybe I'll do a video on it <laughs> Okay. <laughs> and integrate it into this podcast or do it afterwards or something, but yeah. Okay, I could do it. I could um, walk with my laptop and show yeah. you the stretch probably. <laughs> Okay. Yes, because it is very, it's complicated to um, understand unless you're doing it. So this is my office. I'll turn on the light. Okay. Okay. So let's see here. So really quick, this is the chair with the towel rolls. Oh, yeah. so, so I have this right here with just some towels and I fold them up and I sit on those towels so my hips are higher than my knee when I do my paperwork. Because otherwise there's a scoop in the chair mm -hmm. and then my back, I lose my lumbar spine curve, my um, lumbar lordosis. So now it's the piriformis stretch. And really quickly as well, comment on this. Yes. When people are driving in their car a lot, they can do yes. that too because it's the same thing. Oh yes, thank you. Yes, it's the same thing. And all car seats have a scoop, um, mm -hmm. even really nice new cars. So mm -hmm. just take these, you can even tape them up so that they hold their integrity and you could toss it back and forth from whichever seat you are in the car. Okay, so the piriformis stretch. So my leg is down, this leg is here. Mm -hmm. So I, I kind of have my knee angling towards my opposite shoulder. So this is my right knee. Mm -hmm. And then I have the knee kind of, um, it's kind of heading towards my left shoulder or the center of my chest, mm -hmm. okay. Then I grab my foot and I push my knee out. Mm -hmm. And as I push out, I exhale. And I hold for 10 to 15 seconds. But you want your foot higher than your knee. Mm -hmm. So here would be the other side. Yeah. And one tip that Marty gave me on that stretch as well, which I love that you're showing us that, Marty, is mm -hmm. that you can also put the foot against the wall or something, right? Yeah, yeah. so you can actually lay in a door jam. Because some people are so tight that they are, um, they have neck pain. They can't really um, reach their lower leg. So you can come into a wall or into a room and the door is open. So let's see here. So here's my door. And I would have a towel roll underneath your ankle because the um, door jam might hurt. So I, I scoot in down and through the door jam and then I push my leg out and my other leg is straight 
um, on the floor. So this way, um, and if I want more of a stretch, I just scoot further down through the door. Mm -hmm. Because then, yeah, the angle gets basically yep. shorter. Yeah. And can you show us the piriformis if for people that maybe don't know where exactly that muscle is in the body? Yeah, let me see. The piriformis is on your back. Let me see. Um, Um, oh yeah, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so the piriformis is kind of um, can you see that right there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's a hip rotator, and it kind of lies. It attaches from like your sacrum down to your um, your um, ish, not your ischial tuberosity, your um, greater trochanter, mm -hmm. in that area right there. Okay. Okay. And so, and it's actually a pyramid shape, so it doesn't like to stretch. Because mm -hmm. it goes in three different directions. Mm -hmm. So you, that's why you have to try to think about that. You're deforming it as you push through. And how does it then have to do with the psoas muscle? Like how, how are these two related? Well, so if the piriformis gets tight or the psoas gets tight, say the psoas gets tight and it pulls the um, femur up mm -hmm. to anterior forward, then the piriformis is like in the back going, oh my God, it's so far forward. So it, it tightens up even more so. Okay. Um, Or like, say, if you like to, um, you could either be a soccer player or a ballerina or a Nordic skier and your um, lower extremities like to be in external rotation, like your feet are out, mm -hmm. then that means that the piriformis tightening up and then the psoas is going, oh, oh my God, the, the, um, the bone where I attach is going out to the side. So I'm trying to pull it back around. Hmm. So I, I consider the piriformis because it can stretch the mediator between the psoas and your back muscle, the quadratus lumborum. Because ah, okay. both of those two muscles, the um, psoas and the quadratus don't stretch. Okay. So, but to influence them and to help take the tension off them, you can stretch your um, piriformis. Okay, very interesting. And the reason why we talked about this is because we were talking about what people can do when they are working from home yep. and they feel really tight. So we showed already the towel roll on the, um, on the seat. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> we showed the uh, piriformis stretch. What else? Is there anything else that they can do? Um, you know, if you're at home. So really, if you're at home, you just really want to um, get up mm -hmm. from your um, position at least every hour and move. Stretch your piriformis. You can put um, place heat on your belly with a heating pad, a hot water bottle. Um, And maybe more specifically, is there anything that you can also do to improve your posture? Okay, yeah, so the posture, since everybody's very um, computer and phone savvy, I say every time you um, get a text or your phone rings or you hear a beep off your computer, I just want you to take a string from your sternum and just pull yourself up. So you're kind of conditioning yourself every time you um, hear that beep that you're like, oh, I heard that beep, I got to sit up straight. Uh -huh. um, so that's how I ha have people work on their posture. Okay. And then also to face everything directly in a lot of our workspaces, we might, um, you know, think that we're like, I'm sitting square in front of the computer screen, but actually my legs are to the left. So I have a little twist mm -hmm. and that, well, that over a prolonged period of time is going to hurt you. So you really want to make sure you face everything just directly square. And if you have to turn, turn your whole body. Mm -hmm. um, so a swivel chair is good 
because then you can turn your whole body with a swivel chair instead of just turning your torso. Super interesting. Cool. So, and yeah. another question that I got from one of my um, listeners was, can you run if you have a slipped disc? You can, as long as you don't have sciatica or um, your, your pain is subsided. Okay. Um, you, you can, you can resume running. That's my philosophy. Um, but you cannot have sciatica down your leg if, if to start running. I would, if you were my patient, I would make sure that that sciatic has been resolved mm -hmm. and you don't have any like back pain from the disc. Mm -hmm. um, and then you can resume running. And then you definitely have to stretch piriformis. Okay, piriformis. And you said sciatica. Can you explain quickly in case people don't know what that means? So it's like a nerve pain that goes down your leg? Yeah, so true sciatica is coming from your, um, your S1, which is, goes down the backside of your butt. Um, down your hamstring into your calf um, but a lot of times people think that even if they get numbness or pain, nerve pain elsewhere in their leg it's also described as sciatica because it is nerve pain but it could be coming from your lumbar vertebrae if it's in the front of your thigh mm -hmm. um, so that would probably be like l3 l4 l5 um, if it's if you have pain in the front of your thigh and that's basically when the disc is compressed so the nerve is kind of Yeah, so you can get sciatica from a few different things. So you can either have a herniated disc, mm -hmm. and a disc is like a jelly-filled donut, and the jelly inside the disc protrudes through the um, dough and hits the nerve. And um, when it touches the nerve, it causes nerve pain. It can be numbness, tingling, and even motor loss. So that's one way to have sciatica. Another way to have sciatica is your psoas, because the psoas attaches um, pieces from its muscle onto the disc in the front and it could pull on the disc and hit the nerve mm -hmm. um, and that can cause sciatica or the um, your muscles can be so tight like for instance your piriformis can be so tight your piriformis crosses the sciatic nerve your s1 nerve and it forms a t and it can pinch it off giving mm -hmm. you um, sciatica so it's not just from a disc or a slip disc it can be from other things Yeah. And why would it be not um, recommended to run when you have sciatica? Why? Um, because then running is actually, um, I always tell people to get back on the horse. So if that's what, really what you have always done, you should resume running. But just the, the pressure on your back when you run, um, your back stiffens up more and you lose um, some flexibility and it tightens your psoas and your piriformis. So you'd want to make sure that those are all um, patent before you resume running. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're free. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, the, the force of running, the compressive force, it might be too much for your, your disc. Mm -hmm. Okay. And um, actually, one more question about this. How about uh, walking barefoot? You know, yeah, if you like to walk barefoot, I say walk barefoot. Yeah, walking barefoot is a great thing. Um, I think it's good for people to feel the ground with their feet. Um, it strengthens your feet a little bit more. So yeah, walking barefoot's good. Um, and it might, might even bring more mindfulness to your walk, right? Because you're paying more attention to what's happening instead of maybe being in your head thinking about yeah, no, that's true. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. And you're actually becoming one with it. You're grounding yourself because you're, you're touching the soil. Yeah. Um, yeah. Great. Um, Marty, what do you do in the mornings to us? get your body moving and, you know, make sure that everything is ready to go before you start working. Oh, 
<laughs> um, I usually think about my day, you know, like kind of like I look at my schedule and see who's coming in. Um, usually before I work, I try to go outside for at least a half an hour to kind of just take away if I have anything that's bugging me. I don't want to transfer it to my patients. So I go outside, I get rid of all my negativity or, um, and I actually, I stretch my piriformis because my job, I do a lot of, um, I like to work from one side. Mm-hmm. So I make sure that I stretch that side out and yeah, then I just kind of, I shake all my energy, my bad energy away and I start my day with a good cup of coffee. <laughs> Very good. And do you also have a specific routine that supports your mental health? I, every night, so after every patient, I actually exhale so that I don't take on any of their stuff because mm-hmm. I have taken on some of my patients' pains. Um, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, oh my God, that's what they were feeling. Mm-hmm. And that's not actually not a good, that's not healthy. So after every patient, I, when I wash my hands, I um, wash them with like hot water and then I do cold water to just kind of re-stimulate them. And then I just exhale a few times to make sure I didn't take on any of their energy. Um, Very interesting. Okay. And let me see, is there a book um, that you, that has changed your life? It could be obviously, you know, physically related, but also completely um, off, t- off today's topic of more like the physical body. <laughs> yeah. You know, actually there is. So um, how I started um, working for myself, I had actually a patient who um, taught me a lot about spirituality and she recommended that I read um, many lives, many um, masters. Mm. by Brian Weiss and I think that kind of changed me in the sense that you know we're all working through something and if we don't work through it in this lifetime we're going to work through it in our next lifetime and that all the people that we know now will also be in our next life in some form or or another Um, so I, I found that book to be enlightening and it also made me like death is okay because you're gonna you're gonna go into another life form yeah. So I, that was actually, actually, I think probably life change that I really enjoyed that book. It was life changing. Huh. Um, so cool. I have read this book and I do uh, also thought, I thought that it was a very powerful book. Yeah. I was always torn between this is too mystical and a little almost scary what yeah. the woman is going through. Um, and then, yeah, it was, it was kind of beautiful because, uh-huh. said, because it's like, if you don't resolve something in this life, you'll, take it you'll carry it over to the next so yeah yeah interesting cool that you mentioned that i haven't had somebody mention this book in the podcast yet so yeah and And the woman um who recommended the book she actually had um, lung cancer and she ended up passing away but Mm. she really could take her spirituality and she kept herself healthy for five years um because they had only given her four months to live so to me that was like there's that um, spirituality and your mental health versus your physical health. And she was able to heal herself for five years. Um, So that's, I think, yeah. Maybe, maybe still heal some things that she had to resolve in that lifetime. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So. And um, what else did I want to ask about this? That was really, that was really interesting that you said that. Oh yes. That, um, you know, I think you said it, earlier which i love that you said that it's not there's mental and physical health it's all one it's all connected uh-huh. because if we are feeling super stressed we are holding something in our body mm-hmm. and that is probably getting tight because of that mental problem right that mental mm-hmm. stress um 
besides giving some cues, you already said that earlier that you're giving to your clients. Is there anything else that you feel people can maybe start thinking about if they want to be more mindful of that mind-body connection? Oh, well, the, um, I would just really, really always tune into yourself and say, okay, like, so if you're having pain, okay, where is the pain? Um, I do like Anne Hayes, like how she correlates certain um, aches and pains in your body to um, various things that could be happening. But maybe you just ask yourself, what is really bugging me today? And see if you can find the correlation of the, your stressor and your pain mm -hmm. so that you could change that stressor. So if you can name the stressor, that's like one, one of the first ways to heal. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. Yeah. That's name the stressor, then feel it where it is in your body. And, and then see if you can give, let it go. Right. Say, you know, either give yourself a positive affirmation yeah. and see if you can feel the tension leave your body. Um, yeah, definitely. I, I teach that actually too. And I, I'm just talking about emotional agility this month in my membership group. And we were talking about that, mm -hmm. how powerful it is to just bring awareness to those tight Mm -hmm. in our body and how just the simple awareness and talking almost to that body part seeing what it has to say help you release um some of the uh -huh. that you might be holding on to yeah no yeah it's that's a good way to um describe it talking to that body part mm -hmm. yeah i like that i'm gonna you use know that. it sounds weird <laughs> you're listening to this right now and you're like i don't really know if i believe that try it out um, it's, it's actually really powerful i do that a lot even when I teach, um, you know, like groups of people in mm -hmm. person, which I haven't done in a year, but sometimes I do that in person and just have people do that exercise and people always say, oh, wow, mm -hmm. my neck that felt so stiff, oh, all of a sudden feels a little bit more relaxed because I'm actually bringing more breath um, mm -hmm. awareness into it. Cool. Um, great. I hope that we talked about everything today, Marty, even though we had a little bit of internet connectivity issues. Oh, that's um, okay. That's part of like right now, that's part of life in Tahoe. <laughs> but I love that you showed us different exercises as well. I think that was really helpful. Um, and I hope that if you're listening to this podcast right now and you're interested to see how the piriformis stretch is correctly performed, make sure to get over to my YouTube channel. Um, it's stressed podcast um and yeah and then you can check it out and um i have only to say thank you so much marty for being here today Such oh you're welcome pleasure. thank you for having me it's my first podcast <laughs> great you did wonderfully uh, i'm really really excited that you were here and i will see you next week on wednesday to get my own sos released <laughs> okay <laughs> thank okay. you thank you so much marty bye have a great weekend you too bye okay bye